0: What would you do if you couldn't fail? See, that was the question that really got me. Honestly, everybody thought I'd lost it. My mom even hung up on me when I told her. It was crazy. See, just a few years ago, I was a systems engineer with Cisco Systems, making over 200 a year as a kid in his mid-20s, living in Venice Beach, flying around the country, driving a BMW. I had it all. I had what everybody told me was success, but I didn't feel successful. I felt empty. Go to college, they said. Get an engineering degree, they said. You'll make great money. You'll have a stable, successful life. But this couldn't be success. And after a mentor asked me this one question, what would you do if you couldn't fail? I quit. I quit cold turkey. I left without notice. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. But first, let me ask you, do you love puppies? Come on, everybody loves puppies. Uh, a good friend and mentor of mine, Bedros recently bought an Australian shepherd puppy, amazing dog. Uh, his kids actually named it cookie, which is an even more amazing name. Um, but you know, Australian shepherds, right? They're, they're smart dogs, but right after he bought him cookie started acting up. He was digging holes in the backyard, barking, whining constantly getting sick all the time. So B actually took him into the vet and he literally said, doc, I, th- I think they sold me a broken dog. I want a refund. And the vet said, there's Nothing wrong with him. You just can't leave him inside all day. He needs purpose. See, the Australian Shepherd is a very intelligent animal, and much like humans, without purpose, it goes a little stir crazy. It'll dig holes everywhere, get anxiety, stressing out all the time, even getting to the point of physical illness. Much like humans, the vet said. See, we're not so different from Cookie. We're very intelligent animals, and much like the Australian Shepherd, without purpose, we too go a little crazy. But what most people don't know is that purpose isn't some grand divine plan that you spend a lifetime trying to figure out. It's actually a lot simpler than that. What society won't tell you is that purpose is just a decision made in every moment. See, our lives are dictated by a series of decisions, big and small, strung together one after another. And each of these individual decisions we make leads us down a path a path of either joy, fulfillment, success, money, and love. Or one of frustration, anxiety, and emptiness. And every decision you make comes from one of two places. It either comes from purpose or it comes from fear. Like I said, purpose is a decision made in every moment. But nine out of 10 decisions you make don't normally come from purpose. They come from fear, the safe and stable path, the comfortable life. It's the amygdala, the caveman part of our brain that causes it. It's a survival instinct. As cavemen, the amygdala kept us from being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. But rather than keeping us alive now, it's actually killing us. That's why stress-related illness is rising at double-digit rates. That's why Forbes recognized that 87% of all employees in 9-to-5s are unhappy, disconnected, or disengaged from their jobs. That's why anxiety and depression are at an all-time high, affecting over 40 million people in the U.S. alone. And that's why the idea of higher education being the foundation for a successful life is no longer relevant. Just like Cookie the Australian Shepherd, we've taken care of all of our basic survival needs, but in the process... We've taken away our ability to actually live. Remember, purpose is not an end goal. It's a decision made in every moment of every day. And we're not making that decision because to choose purpose, we must face fears. That's right. The only way to find purpose and love and meaning and success in life is to actually make decisions courageously in the face of fear. Fun fact for you, Uh, When you're first born, you actually only have two fears, the fear of heights and the fear of loud noises, both evolutionarily programmed into us to keep us alive, which makes sense if you think about it, right? As a caveman, you don't want to just like wander off of a cliff. And if you hear a bear growling going towards it, probably not going to end well. But every other fear we create over time, either from lessons learned or from beliefs imposed on you by others think about it. When you were four, you weren't afraid of people judging you. You weren't afraid of failing or falling or looking stupid. You just did it. You were courageous. You were adventurous. You ran full speed, ahead. You, you cried, you fell, you got up, you laughed and you did it again. You knew what you wanted and you went for it. And this world loved you for that. You didn't need to find your purpose as a kid. You lived with purpose every day. But somewhere along the path, we lost that courage. We lost that purpose. And I'll explain to you why. Because before I quit my nine to five, I realized the only thing holding me back in a job I couldn't stand was my fear. See, I had spent four years getting an amazing degree from UCLA, working summers to get on the job experience so I could have an awesome resume, get a great career, make good money and support my future family. Sound familiar? And when I finally got the title, when I finally got the money and the career, and I learned that none of that actually made me feel successful or fulfilled or happy, I was terrified. I was terrified to admit that all of the success was a lie, a facade to give the appearance of achievement. But inside, I felt like I had achieved nothing. I felt like a fraud. And whether I wanted to admit it or not, I was living a life of fear. And that's what kept me in that job. The fear of being judged by my friends and family for doing something different. The fear of ruining my reputation as a successful person. The fear of trying something new and failing more than anything. The fear of putting myself out there. And that fear locked me up for years as my anxiety grew stronger and my excuses sunk deeper. So how did I even get to that point of being so afraid? Well let me ask you, do you do you actually know what percent of your brain is your subconscious mind? I'll tell you, it's 95%. Well, minimum 95%. 95 to 98% of your brain, actually, according to neuroscientists, is your subconscious mind. And only 2 to 5% is the conscious thinking you. Yeah. How embarrassing is that? You. You're 5% of a whole person. Sorry. I don't make the rules. Time to get real humble real quick. 95% is your subconscious mind, and that 95% is just like a supercomputer, constantly being programmed by other people, things around you, by society, culture, and media. If you don't believe me, watch. I'll show you real quickly. Let me ask you. Can you feel your right foot? I bet you can. Now. Because in two seconds, I just reprogrammed your reticular activating system to notice the sensations in your foot, the pressure of your shoe, the warmth of your sock, the feel of your toes. You weren't feeling those before. Your brain was always receiving those signals from your foot, but you didn't notice them until I programmed your brain to actually pay attention. And now you are. And you're lucky that's all I chose to program because that 95% of your brain is five times more likely to be programmed by negative thoughts, negative events, and negative beliefs. Than by positive ones, by things that are designed to keep you safe, but are actually stealing your life away. Again, it's the amygdala just trying to keep us alive. But let's be honest if society, culture, and mass media is actually programming you, do you think they're programming you to achieve your dreams and your goals in life? To be the person the four year old you would love to meet? Or would the you today make that four year old cry? Just be honest. See, don't you get it? These fears aren't real. They're subconscious lies we tell ourselves to keep us from being eaten by that saber-toothed tiger. I don't know if you checked, but last I checked, they were extinct. Go check the bathroom. They're not in there. So you don't have to worry about them anymore. But take glossophobia, for example, the fear of public speaking. Are you afraid of public speaking? Be honest, right? A lot of us are. Now, we all know we're not gonna die, right? Like if you stand up in front of an audience on a stage and speak, your heart won't just like stop beating. I I don't think at least. Last time I did it, it didn't. Yet when we get on stage, it's fight or flight. Like we're ancient humans again, about to be eaten by that saber tooth. All the blood rushes to our extremities so we can run fast if we need to. Our pulse pounds driving adrenaline into our body in case we need to fight. Our arms get sweaty so that we actually taste bad to the tiger. And I'm not making this up. We feel like we need to evacuate our bowels so we can be lighter and more nimble. But we're not going to die. It's a programmed reaction. We have no control over it. And the scary part is, if you let it, this programmed reaction affects how you make daily decisions in the real world. Insane, right? Our fears dictate 90% of our decisions. We stay in toxic relationships for fear of being alone because as evolutionary man... Being together meant surviving and procreating. We stay in jobs that we hate because we think if we don't make money, we can't afford food and shelter, which then we'd obviously die, right? And we lie to people because we think that by telling a hard truth to a friend or a loved one, we'll be outcast. We let fears dictate our decisions on so many different levels, but the truth is you always have a choice. You can either choose to accept these fears as your truth and let them continue to run your life, or you can recognize these fears for what they are, a safety mechanism no longer needed in today's society. And you can choose with purpose. You can choose to go after what you really want. You can choose to ask that guy or girl out, even if he or she may say no. You're not going to die. What if she said yes, but you never asked? You can choose to have a difficult conversation that you've been putting off. You can choose to take bigger risks in life because you know they're not actually going to kill you. The goal of this life isn't to make it to the end safely. The goal is to actually live. When you meet your maker, do you want to look back on your life and think, man, I'm glad I played it safe and survived? Hell no. I want to look back and think, damn, I really went for it. I'm a little bit battered, a little bit bruised, but I played hard and I chose purpose every step of the way. What would you do if you couldn't fail? See, I faced my fears and chose purpose. And the four-year-old me would never be more proud because it's led me down a path of trials, tribulations, growth, failure, success, struggle, love, loss, but ultimately fulfillment that has changed me forever. And over the last five years, I've made millions I've impacted thousands of lives, and I've had more amazing experience than I ever could have dreamed possible, simply because I choose purpose. So I implore you to ask yourself the next time you make any big decision, am I making this decision from a place of purpose or from a place of fear? Because if just 1% of this world's population were to actually act more courageously, to stand in the face of fear and step into purpose, all those problems we see as quote-unquote unsolvable, chronic disease, war, hunger, all the socio-political BS, we might actually have a shot at fixing some of them. It won't be easy, but ever since the day I quit, I didn't sign up for easy. I signed up for impact. How about you?